I want to thank today's sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so you can have it be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, plus many more. You can make money from your podcast with absolutely no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto. Super stoked to have my good buddy, Stephen Keith, on the line today. Stephen, how you doing, my man? I'm well, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Glad to uh, get you on the pod. I mean, we've been internet friends for like probably five years now, so it's always fun when you get to link up with people in real life. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself to uh, to the listeners? Right on. Um, I'm Steve, uh, or Stephen. I've been... Um living in Milwaukee most of my life, but about a couple of years, I don't know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, I moved to LA and then I moved back during the pandemic. But, um, Milwaukee born and raised, um, almost 29. I'll be 29 this coming week. So oh, that's coming up. birthday podcast. Yeah. Very nice. Yep. So golden birthday is coming up. I'm trying to make this year a good one, one for the books. Um, but yeah, I'm a songwriter. Um, I write songs for a living. So all kinds of stuff from movie scores to like, um, after this pod, I'll be doing, uh, like an, a score for an ad company and trying to pitch that to them. So, um, yeah, a lot of sync that's called like synchronization when you sync a song up to a, an ad. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another way I make money and, uh, keep the lights on here at my studio. Um, but what else? I was in bands for a long time, did that for about 10 years from like 15 to 25, 26, and then kind of took a step back and started producing more, uh, for my friends um, and for myself and did the EDM thing for a while too. Um, toured a lot regionally and uh, nationally and internationally. And now I'm here. Now I'm here in Milwaukee, back home, um, working at my studio until I, uh, later this year, I'm just trying to figure out where I'm going to go. So I'm just making my plans right now. I know, uh, we're, as far. I know we're talking a couple of weeks ago about, you know, my next road trip. I did one, I don't know, almost a year now, a year ago now. Um, I think New York is your next spot. Fuck LA. It's so lame. The people are so fake. I think New York's the spot. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, uh, at the beginning or end of last year, beginning of this year, for whatever reason, like I just really felt the need to go. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, I've been there one time and it was on tour when I was like 19. So it's been 10 years. It's been a decade. Uh, 18, 19 was when I was like, you know, in Times Square and um, touring there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to come back and really see it. I have some friends there now, too. So, you know, you being one of them, 
um, that I definitely want to hang out with and like have, I've never like really seen that city at all. I was just in like the touristy spot for like 10 minutes and we had to dip out, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Well, I, I highly recommend it. Um, obviously you're super, super heavily involved in music. What kind of got you started, you know, in your younger age? Like, did you initially, were you drawn to, uh, you know, some band that kind of sparked your interest? Like what was the first instrument you picked up? Kind of, uh, talk me through, uh, how you got to where you are today. Yeah, no problem. Um, so when I was like, I think like 11 or 12, I was, uh, I was going to a Christian school and we went to this Christian summer camp in Wisconsin called Camp Phillip, which is out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we had like this counselor, I think his name was like Tom and, uh, he would play us acoustic guitar to bed like every night and he'd always just play these dope riffs. And I was like, man, I want to be like Tom. And I was like the super fat, awkward kid. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, dude. It was bad, um, but uh, I had to change the ways. But um, yeah, I was uh, I was really inspired by Tom. So when I got home, my dad had an old shitty acoustic laying around that was so hard to play. It was like so discouraging to touch, even because the frets were so high and it was just so hard to play for somebody who was completely new to it and had no experience. But I uh, I fucked around on it enough, and uh, eventually my parents um, got me my first electric guitar for one of my birthdays, which was like a, like a shitty Epiphone, like an Epiphone, you know, not Les Paul knockoff. And from there I started taking lessons in Milwaukee. And then when I was about 15, um, that's when I stopped going to lessons and started writing my own songs and started doing the band thing. So um, that's kind of where it all started was like, yeah, this Christian summer camp and, uh, And then, yeah, I just wanted to be like uh, like Tom, that, that counselor. So I owed it all to him. I wish I could find him. I have no idea what his last name was. But I do remember he, like, hated us because we were the we were the bad kids at Christian camp. We would always, like, swear and, like, just fuck shit up, uh, you know. And, like, we were the bad kids. And he was, like, I remember him, like, coming to the playground one day. And he was, like, you're going to hell. Blah, blah, blah. And I was, like, dude, we're, like, 12. And we're just, like. Fuck you. you were my idol kidding. like five minutes ago making me want to pick up a guitar and now you're telling me i'm going to hell man come on <laughs> yeah yeah it was like polar opposites at night versus the day but we were honestly we were we were assholes so we deserved it i mean it happens i think i don't yeah. know many people who weren't an asshole as a kid i think that's part of growing up for sure um how many instruments do you play now um me like i would only say i play guitar and i i play it just well enough to get by mm-hmm. um Technically, I was professionally a guitar player when I was signed. Uh, I had a record deal with Universal Motown when I was 17 slash 18, like right out of high school. Um, we were wow. one of the MySpace bands that got signed. So um, I was honestly better at guitar probably then than I am now, but um, I'm, I, I feel like I'm better now, but I don't know. <laughs> I was playing more back then, you know. Here at the studio, I just uh, I write and record, so I have to, you know, play decent enough but mm-hmm. um yeah, just guitar um i do have this like midi guitar so i can kind of play keys um or like piano mm-hmm. uh, but i really only play guitar um and then i also like again i produce a lot a lot so i guess i play the keyboard like this effing thing so. oh nice yeah, yeah i, I, I mean, fucked around with that it's a, it's a lot easier said than done for sure yeah producing yeah it, de- it definitely takes a while to get good um or like decent you know you suck less a little bit every day so Try to learn. That's all I'm trying to do. That's for sure. Um, I, uh, I I was learning the guitar probably I don't know two or three years ago. 
Um, I came home from Vegas. I won a bunch of money. So I bought my very first Fender Strat. And uh, my my buddy, Johnny Bob, who's uh, going to be on a, a future episode of the pod, he's a professional guitarist for a band, um, was giving me lessons, you know, an hour a week. And uh, I can learn very well audibly, but I could never put it together, like fingers strumming fucking placements whatever i just never really came together it was super discouraging um and for me it's like i i've it's i have such a huge passion for music in my life so um i'm super envious of anybody in the creative industry who gets to do something uh in the music industry and, and kind of fulfill a dream that i've always had for myself um would you say that at this point in your life you're about to hit your golden birthday that uh you're kind of living your your dream uh yeah um I definitely am, and I don't take that for granted. Um, I've worked, you know, ever since I was 15. I'm 28 now, going to be 29 um, for it. And uh, and it's only been full-time the past, I want to say, like three, maybe four years. I've been really full-time in it. Um, but, yeah, I'm really thankful that I get to do it. I mean, it's not on the scale that I want. You know, I'm never where I want to be. You're always looking ahead and stuff. But sometimes I do check myself and – I'm in this room sometimes, you know, and I'm just like, wow, this is like a dream come true. Just appreciate it. And that's something I've gotten better at in my, you know, later twenties, um, early twenties, it kind of comes at you pretty fast, but yeah, it's something I, uh, I don't take for granted. And I owe a lot to the people around me here, especially in Milwaukee. Um, the people that, you know, hire me freelance and also like my buddy, Aaron, who is, uh, my co-publisher, which just happened now. So I'm a full-time songwriter technically, Mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I love what I do and I'm excited to come to work every day, you know, and it's such a blessing that I found what I love at an early age and just dove right into it. So yeah, man, that's amazing. What's, uh, what's like your, your most, maybe not your best technically performance show, but like what's one show that you performed in the last, you know, you said you were on the road for 10 years almost. What's like one show that you can look back at and be like, man, that was such a fucking amazing night. It all came together. It was like, bam. Um, that was my Emerald impression. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I used to have his spice kit as a kid and I would cook with his like pots and pans. I don't know. Somebody (laughs) in my family got me that for uh, birthday, but I threw down, dude. I threw down in the kitchen. I was like, yeah. (laughs) wonder what happened to him he disappeared big time <laughs> he made, he made all that tv money and, and, yeah. and retired <laughs> yeah he made his money and got out of the game it's getting too dangerous with him and like guy fieri you know that guy's crazy. Yeah, know. um but uh my favorite shows man um i guess i'll go from uh bands and then djing because they're kind of two different realms mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. i've talked about this before with other friends too recently um because there's a little bit of a disconnect for me personally. It's not like the scenes or anything like that. Um, but my favorite band show, it's kind of a funny story I could tell. Um, I think my favorite show being in bands was one night we got to open up for Panic at the Disco at a pretty big venue here in Milwaukee called The Rave. And oh, we wow. didn't figure out we were playing until the night before. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, we got the call at like, you know, 7 p.m., the day before and they're like hey can you open up for patrick stump and panic at the disco tomorrow and we're like 18 17 we're like oh my fucking god yeah you know so that was an amazing show um but there's a funny story that happened during that show and after that show that i could tell where i went from like highest high to lowest low ever 
um, for being an 18 year old. Um, so I'd say that one's up there. There was this one time too, even before that, when I was, uh, I want to say like 16, 17 and we threw our, like, uh, I think it was like a CD release show maybe, or something like that. One of my bands, um, we booked a show at Coldstone Creamery. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the middle of winter too in Wisconsin. So as you know, it's just dead cold January something. And, uh, we played this like sold out show at a cold stone. So we basically packed this cold stone, um, <laughs> just full of kids and everybody's eating ice cream and just raging. And it was like 90 kids in a cold stone creamery. And that was like a, such a punk rock like show. That's just amazing. Cool. Yeah. That was, and there was like, you know, less than a hundred people there, but it just felt so epic at, mm-hmm. the, at that age and shit. So it still feels cool to me now. Um, that's awesome. But band shows. Yeah. I mean, Oh, there's another one too. I have a lot of rock and roll or rock stories, but, um, one time we played this really big event in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. I've done it a couple times now, but it's called Freak Fest. So it's one of the biggest like Halloween parties um, in the country. And uh, is like, it at Six Flags? Um, no, it's like I have another story about them. <laughs> I just do them because I stole our song. Um, oh fuck! Different story. I can tell you about that too. <laughs> um, yeah, they they stole our song for Freak Fest, and then we had we ended up like settling out of court with them, but well, that's almost fun. yeah, it was the fun little lawsuit we were going through. Um, but this uh, it's called Freak Fest, or like Fright Fest is what happens at Six Flags. Fright Fest, right, right, that's yeah. it. Yeah, so Fright Fest stole our song. They stole our song called it was literally called Freaks, which is funny because it's Freak Fest. But um, Freak Fest in Madison is uh, the entire city like basically shuts down to party, so. They, they, uh, University of Wisconsin, they close off all the streets down, like on, I forgot what it's called, University Ave, like Main Street or whatever the street is in Madison. And they put up a big stage in front of the Capitol building, which is the state capitol. And, uh, it's a giant stage. And this, this one year, one of my favorite shows ever, we, me and my band, we all dressed up as like 80s rock stars. (laughs) And, uh, we just, um, we played a show. I think the headliner was OK Go randomly. And, um, back when they were popping and uh we played that show and it was just super fun to get uh drunk with my buddies and <laughs> play like you know our set and like fully costumed out shit and giant it was a, blonde wig or <laughs> yeah oh yeah dude there's like a there's a video somewhere that i found recently of the show and all you can see is this giant blonde like mane just like dancing <laughs> across the stage dude it's epic that's amazing um, yeah, and everybody looks so legit that night too, and it's it's just a wild party. Like the like I said, it's like thousands and thousands and thousands of kids just on the street, just going ham and all different stages of music. So that was a cool one. But um, but EDM stuff. Um, like I said, I have a little bit of a a disconnect. I'm you know like because when you're in bands, usually kids come out to your show because they're excited to sing your songs and they're excited to see you know you, you perform you. and that's a little bit different than um you know playing a club or a festival but the one festival that i have played a lot or rather three four times now is a uh, pride fest in milwaukee mm-hmm. and that one sticks out as i mean that one I, that show you know i get to play rockstar once a year um not last year obviously but the previous couple of years and man that that crowd is absolutely amazing they're just they're so in it for like everything you play and they they're just present and they're so energetic and i love pride and brian who throws it in milwaukee he takes such good care of the artists and really cares about the festival from the production to 
everything else that goes on there and the artists and everything. He's, he's incredible. So I love pride and I used to play a lot in Madison and like, like Segredo was the club back in the day. Milwaukee's taking great care of me too, though. I mean, it's hard to put like my favorite shows, like in like a top five, um, mm-hmm. but pride, pride's up there for EDM. That's and like, cool. I think, yeah. I mean, one year we did open up, we played Summerfest too. I can't throw, I can't not say Summerfest because in Milwaukee, um, we have like one festival that happens every year uh, that the entire city comes out for. And it's, they boast about being the largest music festival in the world. I think it technically is because it goes for like almost two weeks. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And like they get crazy headliners. Like we've had Katy Perry, the weekend, Britney Spears, like Gaga, I think maybe, I don't know. Wow. Um, I have to look back at the, yeah, the, the craziness of it all. But um, it's like giant for all genres too. They book like country EDM. Like I've opened up for, cascade there and the biggest show i've ever played though was uh we opened up for martin garrix in like 2016 wow and uh that was wild i've never seen like a sea of people like that big before so that's always like a surreal feeling yeah regardless Um, of like venue size or the number of people are there um do you still or in the past would you get nervous before going on stage um oh yeah i mean especially uh for DJing because I wasn't as confident mm-hmm. as I was with guitar. I mean, even with guitar though, too, there's been shows where like your amp takes a shit or, you know, you break a string um, and you got to like think real fast. And, you know, that's something I kind of worried about. Usually I wasn't worried about me fucking up so much as the gear. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> Technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, you're bashing it around a lot and uh, you know, touring and whatever, or you get to a venue as a DJ and like sometimes they don't have the right gear, you know, cause usually you're touring with a USB stick and headphones. So you're kind of at the mercy of whatever the club has there. So, I mean, I definitely got nervous though, especially for, you know, pride, I, I guess pride, I get more excited because I know what to expect going into it. But some of those bigger DJ shows, I'm just like, Holy shit. There's a sea of fucking people. I really hope I don't, fuck this up you know <laughs> like i really hope i don't like we call it train wrecking um in edm and you just you don't want to train wreck on in front of that many people or ever for that matter you don't want to kill the vibe so if it makes you feel better i uh, uh you know rehab dj rehab r3 oh, yeah. rehab so i was a big rehab fan i saw him like fucking 10 times in one year and uh at one of his bigger shows in atlantic city um he had one of those, you know, uh, air guns or, you know, foam guns or whatever the hell you want to call them. And yeah. he accidentally hit the stage button that like turned everything off. Like the club went black, the music turned off and it was like 12 minutes of complete and utter silence. So my thought is that, um, you're probably never going to make that level of mistake. And I think even minor mistakes, you can overcome them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, we've definitely train wrecked. I'm not going to lie, for sure. Um, but it's never been detrimental. That's funny, though. Rehab is a, he's a really dope remix of uh, LMFAO that we always used to play out. Um, Champagne Showers. That yeah. remix he did he's, he, he's awesome. I, I met him, and he was super nice. And pretty much every time I saw him, the shows were great. Um, I, as a fellow creative, obviously, I'm a photographer, writer, whatever the fuck you want to call me. Um I like kind of having conversations with people and figuring out what inspires them through their creativity. So what is it in your life or your childhood or whatever today that inspires you to make music, to be productive, to kind of, you know, make art? Um, 
It's a good question. Um, well, today my inspiration is making this client happy. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, for me, um, it kind of started at an early age when that guy, you know, started playing guitar for me while we were going to bed, and I was like, wow, this shit is something I want to do. Um, but I feel like it's, for me, it's, it's like a calling. It's something I need to do uh, for my mental health. You know, and if I wasn't doing it for a living, I'd still do it just as much, if you know, if not the same. So um, what inspires me, man, I mean, like for for artists, like, I mean, I can talk about influences, but um, man, just good feelings. Heartbreak is a big one for me. It has been for the last couple of years for sure. Um, I feel that. Yeah, I mean, love in general, that's a good place to start from as far as writing goes um experience just life experience is kind of what i like to write about and a lot of it lately has been you know um the last two to three years has been me trying to make sense of past relationships and rediscover my identity now and who i'm going to be and who i'm meant to be and what i want you know for myself so processing all that i feel like i can do that better in a song than i can articulating it in words alone um I hear that. so i try to yeah i try to take these big feelings or emotions that i have and um put it into two minutes and 30 seconds or three minutes and try to consolidate what i'm feeling and that's kind of me exhaling um so i feel like it's like yeah it's just a need for me it's a need i need i do it out of necessity if i don't do it i get i get upset with myself and i get i'm just physically like i'm angry and like pissed and uh i'm like like on edge you know it's kind of yeah. like a, I, can, I, can, I, I can relate to that um you know from a photography per, photography perspective um i feel like i have so many days in the week so many hours but the actual amount of time that i get a chance to create images whether i'm working with a model whether i'm out doing uh you know documentary or street photography doesn't end up amounting to all that much time and it's like the thing that i look forward to most doing and when i'm not doing it it's like i'm agitated like i want to get out and i want to shoot and i want to make something so i can obviously certainly relate to that tremendously um you mentioned influences um i guess growing up or even now today is there any musicians or groups that uh you know kind of inform your artistic sense yeah um like early on, it was a lot of warp tour bands. So, um, like Motion City Soundtrack is one of my all time favorites. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, yeah, Justin Pierre. Um, he's the man. Um, uh, Dave Grohl, too. I mean, Foo Fighters was a huge influence on me when I was growing up. Yeah, they're, um, they're my favorite band by far. Dave Grohl's the yeah, fucking man. Goals yeah. times a billion to have Dave Grohl on the Wrong Advice podcast, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever meet him. Person, yeah, yeah I'll that, I'll, I'll plug I, it. I, I think I would shit myself. I'd be like, "Fuck, hello." <laughs> <laughs> I hear he's really approachable. I've heard know. that as well. I've I've never honestly heard a bad story about a guy. He to me is the musical version of Bill Murray. He is Bill Murray yeah. in a music musician's body. Yeah, there's very like I feel like there's very few like legendary rock dudes left that you'd be like holy shit you know just to meet in person and uh dave's definitely on my list um i never met him 
Um, I guess we should be talking about influences right now, but I never met Dave, but I did at a music conference in Milwaukee meet Butch Big, who produced. Oh, uh, sweet. Nirvana. Yeah, and he's from Madison. So a lot of the, some, I think some of the Nirvana shit was recorded in Smart Studios in Madison, I think it's called. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, so that was really cool to meet one of your heroes and like the guy who was there to hear Smells Like Teen Spirit before, you know, it set the world like on fire. Um, but I mean, uh, Dave was early influence for sure. I mean, like Warped Wednesdays was like what I was growing up on um, when I was in my early teens. And then I, uh, yeah, I guess later it was like EDM. So I mean, obviously like, you know, Dead Mouse, Skrillex, Port Robinson, Maddion, a lot of those guys have, have been um, my EDM. I mean, Zed too. I mean, Zed, he's incredible. Um, such a talented dude and a writer audience too, for, for EDM. But I mean, like early on for like rock, yeah, it was all warped tour, man. It was, it was really like warped Wednesdays and fuse TV and just being glued to the TV, like all summer, just watching music videos and absorbing that stuff. So follow up boy for sure. Oh yeah. Um, all time low is a huge one for me too. And bands like that, you know, um, so that's like kind of what I grew up on eight years so nice that's awesome um obviously you know it sounds to me like you have uh, a, a certain degree of confidence in your ability to perform um music to create something for a customer or a client um and obviously do your own personal uh you know projects as well um is is it like your past experiences doing working on these huge stages and performing in front of all these people that like provides you confidence going forward and the comfort to be able to continue to do it um or is it something else inside of you that like kind of just makes you feel like oh i can do this i don't need anybody to tell me i'm good um i think it just comes to yeah from a lot of experience and practice you know like all these bands that i was in or any DJ project, you know, that I've been a part of or EDM or any project I've done ever, um, you know, those bands, like we would practice like 12 hours a week, at least, you know, four hours here, six hours there, and sometimes more. And then after that, we would just grind online. Um, so that goes for producing, being in bands, playing guitar, anything. We just kind of, you know, at an early age, we treated it like a job, um, we still had lots of fun don't get me wrong but it was just a, something we knew that we had to practice and get great at and if we wanted to be the best band you know and compete with everybody else um and be successful and and stoked we had to uh really work hard so i think that i owe a lot you know to my friends and stuff like that um everybody that i've been bands with you know everybody's influenced me and we've all kind of pushed each other throughout the years especially the people that are still around me now so yeah, I don't know. We held ourselves to high standards, and um, that helped us, I think, just grow. Yeah, and it's something that um, that's awesome. Know. That's that's rare. Yeah, yeah I, I've been fortunate, man. I've been really um, fortunate in my life to be surrounded by, and I'm a pretty good judge of character. But I, I surround myself with like people that influence me in positive ways and inspire me too, and push me to grow. Mm -hmm. um, the last thing I want to be is like complacent or you know, satiated. I, I like kind of feeling like my back's against the wall and it's day one, you know, mm -hmm. no matter what, um, what I'm working on that day. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, 
Hopefully, I answered the question. Yeah, no, you did. No, uh, I, I think I think it's definitely super rare to be around a group of people at a young age that force you to work harder at something. I think it's more likely that growing up, people are more likely to push you and pull you in a million different directions. And something that I've echoed a lot or frequently on a bunch of these episodes is I wish as a kid, um, whether it was teachers, friends, family, whatever, I was pushed more towards the creative aspects of my personality that, you know, maybe at a young age, I wasn't showing those traits, the desire to write or, uh, you know, make music or, or take photographs. But now as I've gotten older and I've reached this, you know, midlife crisis point in my life that I'm extremely happy that I've found these creative outlets to be able to kind of, um, you know, flex those creative muscles because I didn't do it for so many years. Um, so I think it's, it's really fucking cool and, and super awesome that you had people around you at a young age that kind of, you know, stroked your talents and, 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 you know, the fire that you have for something that you're super passionate about. That that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. I owe a lot to my, uh, my parents for sure. Um, my mom and dad have been nothing but supportive from, you know, day one of just picking up the guitar and helping me get lessons, you know, for those first couple of years and just throughout the years, just always being so supportive and there for me through the highs and lows of, you know, getting record deals, losing record deals, you know, the, just anything that was positive or negative and just all the different bands and projects I've done, no matter how long they've lasted, they've always been supportive up even till now. They, they're just, they, they like chase your dream, like do it. And, uh, I can't thank them enough. And um, especially the people that, you know, hire me and want me to work for them or, you know, for my friends, Aaron here, some of my friends in LA, you know, uh, music and strategy, any, like, anybody that I work with, you know, just everybody's so supportive and they really care about me and they believe in me, which is huge. Um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's super crucial. I feel like to have that support system, you know, you don't want everybody to tell you like you're great all the time and that your song is great, you know, <laughs> cause if it sucks, you want to know. Absolutely. But, um, as far as, yeah. And you know, I've been told no a lot. So that's the one good thing, I guess, you know, from people that I'm trying to, I don't know, I want to say impress, but, um, people at higher levels, you know, and like I, and just, I've been fucked, you know, we get, we get fucked over a lot in music. I mean, anything creative or entertainment wise, but, I've been told no a lot too from, you know, just different people throughout the years and countless emails that you never get replies to, or, you know, getting dropped from labels, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's a, you know, a good thing too, but the, the support system that's there for you at the end of the day, every day, whether it's your parents or your team, you know, as long as you surround yourself with, you know, positive people, I think it's really crucial. And it's one of the biggest reasons why probably the main reason why I'm still able to keep going every day. And, uh, yeah, because if you have a good day or a bad day, you know, you still call your friends and everybody kind of gets it and helps you out and gets you through it. So. I, I, completely, I couldn't possibly agree with you more. And a lot of what you said echoes my own personal experiences with my friends and family. I think I've gotten lucky where I've surrounded myself. Well, I'm fortunate to be born into a family where they support me unconditionally. And, you know, not everybody has that. Um, and then furthermore, to have friends who are, you know, instead of being like, dude, what the fuck are you doing a podcast for? Why you think you can be a photographer? They're like, wow, that's actually you're pretty good at this. You should keep doing that and like keep pushing yourself further 
other. Um, so I, I, I'm super stoked to hear that you've got a, a similar foundation like that because it does really make all the difference. At the end of the day, if you've got people surrounding you that genuinely want to see you succeed, um, I think it gives everyone a, a boost and, and, you know, the rising tide, you know, lifts all ships. So as cheesy and fucking dumb as that is, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. so, um, so you, you've so had true. like a, a tremendous amount of success and, you know, you get dropped from a label, um, golden birthday coming up. What's like your biggest dream? Like, you know, forecast out the next five years of your life. What are you doing? What's different? You know, what's kind of on the horizon uh, for you? Um, man, that's a good question. And I'm like, I, I think it's, uh, I'm happy that you're asking me this because I like to check in myself, like check in on myself as far as my goals go. So thanks for asking me this dude for real. Um, you're welcome. There's a lot of shit I want to ask you too. Um, <laughs> so I'm ready but, um, for it. <laughs> right on, right on. Um, but my goals, man, um, in the short term, um, I mean, with, with this year, uh, I've always, as you know, like I've always been in projects with other people and like, you know, four to five other members of the band. And I, like, I love everybody that I've been in bands with and I don't, you know, I, this year, I just want to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and my career and build that up personally for myself. And the few people that I'm, you know, working with now, um, in the past, I feel like I've left a lot up to, I kind of held like my fate in other people's hands at times. It felt like, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I mean, two years ago, I took a big step back to get better at production and I've been working two to three years now on projects for myself for the first time in a long time, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, so I guess short-term goals is get my projects out, uh, this year content wise, cause all the songs are done. Um, but five years from now, I would just love to be doing, what I am now at a higher level, um, you know, I guess I could talk about like accolades and stuff because of course everybody wants, you know, it would be cool to get a Grammy or be cool to be nominated for that or have a a platinum single or have somebody, you know, or people validate you, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm not super concerned with that. I, I hope people are listening, but yeah, my goals are just to balance work and life and try to, have that nirvana yeah Um, happiness is a uh, fundamentally unmeasurable thing and uh in this like immensely social media driven world it's a constant keeping up with the joneses so i think you're pretty much spot on with being able to do what you're doing now at a higher level and listen if you're doing the thing you love and you're putting your heart and soul into it those accolades are going to come and even if they don't who the fuck cares yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, if I don't ever get noticed by the Grammy board or whoever, I don't give a shit. I mean, you know, I feel like Blink-182 has a funny quote about it. Like, they don't care about it unless they win one. It was, like, something like that. <laughs> like, the Grammys, like, we don't care unless we win one. Right, yeah. And it's like, you know, or, like, I think that was uh, something along those lines. But it's funny because I always kind of think the same, too. It's like, I don't give a shit. Like, you know, I, I just make this for me and I want it to be the best it can. And like, I try to present it to, to the world that, you know, it like exactly how it's in my mind to try to, you know, give the songs like the life that I have in my head and, mm-hmm. and, and put it out and head. see if it yeah. can, can, uh, connect with people. And, you know, at the end of the day, whether we're producing, you know, 
music or photos or, uh, you know, your secretary at a company at the end of the day, you know, human connection and human interactions is ultimately what's going to drive, you know, 95% of your happiness. So if you can make something that connects on someone on the level that, you know, you've conceptualized in your own head, put it out there and people love it. I mean, I don't think there's anything else anyone could ask for. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just trying to convey what's going on. Sorry, my webcam's up here and like you're here. So I'm going to look at you. <laughs> it's, to, like, it's all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to put the best things I can possibly out and everything and everyone that's influenced me. I'm just trying to get that all consolidated now in the next year to five years and build my career for myself and uh, for my team and, you know, like the day one homies who are still here and the guys who are helping me and just be more in control of my own career. Because in the past it was a lot of, again, just being in a band or, you know, being in a project where I couldn't control my fate 100%. And it, you know, I want to, if I fail, I want it to be my fault. And if I succeed, I want it to be because of me and um, my hard work and my friends. So yeah, I'm just trying to build everything I'm doing now bigger and better and release my projects the way that I want to for the first time ever, um, where it's a lot of my influence going into it on, you know, the visual side of it as well as sonically too. And uh, incorporate the friends that influence me as well from, you know, my buddy Tim, who I produce with. And he's like, again, I've known him since I was in eighth grade or something um but tim tim and i go back but like yeah those people like i want to help them to get to where they want to go and like ultimate goals is to be able to give back to people in milwaukee or like an artist you know like reach out a hand and be like yo you're dope you know here's a here's an opportunity you know here's how i can help you you know or just be able to be that light for somebody else in music and carry on the torch from the people who have it now and hopefully you know get past that torch so i can just help grow this city and grow the community here and give Milwaukee a sound. That's another huge goal of mine too. I'll say this. I mean, obviously we've known each other for, I don't know, five, six years now, however long it's been Um, from a success standpoint, what you just said is going to greatly inform why you're going to be successful because it goes beyond you wanting to be successful for your own selfish means and extends to the community that you're involved with. And I think anyone who has those types of altruistic hopes and dreams for their, you know, longevity, it's hard for those people to fail. And, uh, I commend you for that. That's, that's pretty fucking cool. Thanks, man. I mean, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I just want to be able to help people, dude. And I want to be a light for, um, some kid, you know, somewhere, if my song, you know, maybe it doesn't get a Grammy, but it helps some kid get through their day or something. That's amazing. That's even, that's way cooler than any fucking Grammy could ever be. Like when, when somebody reaches out and says, you know, like this song like saved me or this song really helped me, like, you know, but people reach out and like say like, I didn't commit suicide because this. And I said, holy shit. Yeah. That's huge. You know? And like, that's, that's worth more to me than, any other Grammy. I mean, if I died today and like, that's, you know, that's, it's, it's been worth it. And I, I guess I served my purpose here. Um, even though I have a lot more that I still want to do. So mm-hmm. I want to just put more good in the world, man. I like that. And, uh, that's maybe unfortunately a more rare trait than you would like to see in this day and age. And I feel like I've had the benefit of having some of these really nice conversations with people who inspire me creatively. Um, you know, between you, my buddy Tyler, who I spoke with, who's a photographer, uh, a friend of mine, James, who's also a photographer. Um, 
the amount of community building that can be done in our respective uh, fields is incredible. And people who have these audiences and or these followings, when they take the time out of their own individualistic needs and desires to build community around themselves, I think ultimately that's what will inform the creative areas, uh, you know, music, arts, etc., in the future. And it's rare. And plenty of people have these platforms where they've got hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of followers. They don't give a flying fuck about the people around them or the people that they inspire. And uh, for me, hearing you say that um, is awesome. I mean, it just goes to show that I've got a great knack for picking friends. (laughs) Thanks, man. And like everything that, you know, we've talked about, albeit small, little small talks here on Twitter and whatever. I mean, I could tell you're, you know, a great dude and, somebody who inspires me too. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I pray, I guess that's another big goal, I guess, in the next five years would be to have a platform that I could use for positive good and actual, you know, change, shit that <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Change, just positivity. And I'm not trying to get anything out of this. Like, I don't, I don't like most of the shit I do is passion project. You know, it's everything. Cause I'm passionate about this. I don't do this for money. Yeah. I just I do it because I have to, and I just want to be able to, carry on the, the craft of songwriting producing you know and and just be a, again a light for somebody else and hopefully help people um with their careers or their goals or whether it's just listening to like one of the, a song that i worked on however you know mm-hmm. like i just i want to be there for uh i want to be there for music the way like music's been there for me you know that's that's awesome i mean that's that's a line i'm gonna write that down i'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm going to use that. I'm going to tweak it to like photography or something, but that that's a, that's a hell of a line. Um, we're four days out from your birthday. Um, we're, uh, in the, in the throes of, of already one of my personal favorite episodes that I've had the privilege of recording. Are you happy today? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed in myself because I had some goals that I really wanted to do for my birthday and I wanted to shoot videos on my birthday and I had that in my head. And when I get something in my head and it doesn't work out the way I want it to, it kind of fucks with me. Um, but I know good things take time. And um, other than uh, not going to shoot these music videos when I want to, um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fucking happy, man. Um, awesome. There's a lot of, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that I wish were different, you know, but, you know, I'm just, I'm looking forward more towards the end of the year and like that part of it because, a lot of the things that I've been working on for the past three years will finally be out to the world and I'll be building on, you know, um, my career and my goals. And I'm trying to understand or trying to be patient, you know, with myself and kind of, I'm trying to find the words here, but you know, in the past I'd been in bands and there's four, five people or, you know, in any project there's two or three people going at it for you. And it's not just you doing all the work. So, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to be patient with myself and really get things out the right way. So I'm, I'm really happy, man. I mean, my family's doing good. I'm doing good. I'm not starving. I have a roof over my head and I'm doing it because of music. And, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful for that. And, uh, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't take that for granted. And, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a huge blessing. And, um, it's awesome. Yeah, man. That's great. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. I appreciate you asking that. I, uh, I guess 
maybe, you know, you have your 35th birthday in the middle of a pandemic and a lot of things kind of get thrown into perspective. And I think something that I've always struggled at in life is having the proper perspective about whatever is transpiring, whether it is an immensely happy time or a negative time in my life. I lacked the introspectiveness to be able to look at what's going on, internalize that, figure out how I should be reacting to these things. And what I've gained in the last 12 months of my life is just this immense amount of supreme clarity in the person that I am. And ultimately, that's kind of what has led me down the creative path of starting my photography, starting this podcast. Um, you start to realize you have so many hours left in, in your life and so many days and weeks and months and years, and you want to start filling up your time doing things that genuinely either inspire you or make you happy. And I've reached a point now where I'm waking up every day and you know I've got a normal nine to five where I'm just doing shit to make money and pay bills. And it's not the thing that I love and it doesn't set my soul on fire, but I've got all these other hours in the day that I can do things that I genuinely do enjoy and genuinely do love. So I think I've, I've finally reached that point in my life where I've got the ability to be cognizant of my surroundings and the people in my life and how everything is kind of, you know, shaping me and I'm happy. It's great. I mean, I don't know if it's, uh, if the clarity that I've gotten is just something that unfortunately comes with age, I wish I had these glasses on 10 years ago and I could have been like, man, fucking pick up a camera or, you know, grab a microphone. But, you know, things in life happen for a reason when they do. And uh, I'm supremely, uh, you know, content with that. And I'm, I'm, I'm happier today than I was yesterday and so forth and so on. What what would you say was like the turning point? I mean, I guess, you know, like obviously we get older and we, we realize shit you know, yeah. at like different ages, you know, um, like the, I'm sure the way you feel now is not the way you felt in your early twenties and like your, your drive and your motivation to do what you're doing now. Like what kind of flipped the switch for you? It's a great question. I'm really glad you, you, uh, you asked that. Um, so I think in my twenties, it was super easy for me to be like, I need to get the best job. That's going to make me the most amount of money that can allow me to buy the better car, have a nicer watch, wear cooler sneakers, etc. And I don't know when it was, but you know, I, I took a job at the beginning of the pandemic. I got laid off six months later and truly it was the most incredible thing that could have ever happened to me. I was working for somebody else. They were great people. I wasn't doing well in my role, you know, pandemic, just, it wasn't a good fit. And you start having all these stressors come down on you. And I was just regretting getting up every day and doing work. And I was regretting having to log on and, and do these nine to five things that weren't really benefiting me in any way. Um, it was a good paycheck. I had nice benefits. Everything was great. And then when you're told you're, you're being let go, the world stopped. I was like, Oh fuck. Like, what do I do now? And there was like a 24 hour period after I got laid off where I was like, fuck, what do I do? It's a pandemic. I'm never going to make money again. Like I had all these really negative, uh, you know, connotations with being let go. And probably five or six days later, I packed my car and I drove across the country and I came back. I did like 7,000 miles in like 25 days. And that time that I spent alone just really you know, figuring out the things that I liked and, you know, taking pictures and writing and being able to spend some much needed time on myself ultimately changed me 
for the better. And I think that it's super easy for us to get caught up in that keeping up with the Joneses mentality where, you know, XYZ friend has this and XYZ friend has that. And, you know, this influencer is talking about this thing and this influencer is talking about that thing. And it's super easy for you to think that these are the things that you need to fill yourself up with and fill your life up with. And it's like all stuff, right? But ultimately, at the end of the day, when you're laying in bed at night, you're left with yourself. And it took me like a really shitty time in my life to like get that clarity and understand that. 99.9% of the happiness that I'm going to have in my life is going to come from inside me and nothing, you know, too major externally is going to inform that happiness. So. Right on. Yeah. I think, um, that's amazing. And I'm glad you got out of that routine, you know, and had that switch in your mindset and that clarity, you know, I think it just, it's hard to be like thinking clearly when you're, stuck in a you know this routine of this job and i gotta pay bills and this is my goal and like kind of like gets you jaded in a way um yeah like, for sure it doesn't like, yeah it doesn't allow you to think clearly mm-hmm. and uh no i'd say like the, the best thing that ever happened to me was getting fired from my job and having to figure out how i'm gonna make money in music full-time you know and that's kind of when i took the leap at like 23 or 4 or whatever it was 22 maybe i don't know yeah um but yeah, man, it's it's crazy. Uh, kind of what society makes you think is success, and you know, I think something for me too. I don't know if you do this, but I'm uh, I try not to, but I compare myself to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, compare um, my friends and whoever is getting married at this point in their lives and has like a steady job and better pay and you know just just more, I guess, just different things. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I try not to compare myself, but I do. And I think, you know, they, they say like, what's that quote? I just heard it the other day and it was, it was dope. Like comparison is a thief of joy. Um, Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Like, it's just like your trajectory is a lot different than your friend's trajectory or whoever is successful, you know? And, um, it's not fair to compare your your path to their path and the grass is always greener Mm -hmm. you know there's things that i'm sure jeff bezos would be envious of you or me you know definitely not maybe not not financially but like you know yeah he's got a lot more problems than i have more money more problems as as biggie would say (laughs) no but i mean you're right i mean like i've had incredibly lucrative success in the last couple years um that has benefited me financially but i wouldn't say that i've had any sort of happiness factor boost from that um there was a new york times article that i read i don't know 10 or so years ago that basically said that at seventy-five thousand dollars a year you're at the peak of happiness from a monetary perspective so like for each incremental percentage that you make in addition to that you know one times that two times that ten times that you are not that incrementally happy. So making $750,000 a year on paper is fucking awesome. However, you're not 10 times happier than you were when you're making 75,000. And I think what that really boils down to is what happens to me, at least in my life is when I have money or I'm doing extremely well, I tend to just buy more shit that I don't need. I tend to like spend it on stuff that like, I don't know, I don't need. You get 
driven down an Instagram ad hole and you're like, oh, I just bought a fucking $200 sweatshirt. Not really sure why, but you know, that yeah. model looked good in it. So I guess I got to have it. So I've, I've done a lot better job over the last year in just being able to remove myself from that, uh, trap of, I don't need more stuff. I've, I'm a sneakerhead. I've got a hundred pairs of sneakers. I don't need 101 pairs. Like I haven't bought a pair of sneakers in a year and that seems insane, but it's, it's so freeing. It's like, I've got what I've got. Yeah. I don't need any more. And it's like when you reach a point in your life where it's like, you don't need to tick the box anymore or like upgrade the box to anything else. You get like super relaxed and like, I don't know the, the level of complacency that I have and it's not like, you know, detrimental to my work ethic or my drive, but I'm so comfortable in the person that I am today that I don't feel the need to do those things that I used to do. So, yeah, dude, that's awesome. Um, and I feel you on that. You know, I don't think like making 75 grand a year, like, you know, hard for me to fathom right now. Um, but yeah, I, I even now, as long as I have a roof over my head and, I have food to eat that day if I'm hungry (laughs) and you know, like a place to create and do what I love to do. You know, I am so happy. And I feel like, like you said, less is more. And, um, yeah, I mean, I moved across the country and I brought like, you know, what I thought was the bare minimum and I left with even less. And I came home with a suitcase about a year ago and I'm, uh, I'm just, it, it, you kind of realize too, if like, you live out of a suitcase for like a year or you've done it for years, it's like, I really don't need much. Like I need these few things. Like I got, you know, a couple pairs of jeans, a couple of shirts. I'm good, man. Like mm-hmm. I need shoes, I'll get them. But yeah, yeah. I, I read an, I read a book a year or two ago. I'll, uh, I'll send you a link to it. It's like something about minimalism there was a little netflix show about it like an hour-long documentary and and these guys like i'm by no means a minimalist i fucking get two to three amazon packages a week i bought two fucking yo-yos drunk friday night at my brother's house because we're talking about kids toys and like as when we were kids i bought two yo-yos what the fuck i i don't know how to yo-yo so i'm super not a minimalist but the way that they tell you about you know, shaping your mind around the objects in your life and how they like hold a power over you was like very, uh, you know, powerful to me. It, it, it kind of, it did something inside of me that like, I'm not going to stop buying new shit. You know, I'll just like, I've pared down, but like, I don't need a 15th white t-shirt. Like I've got 10, I've got 14. It's like, what was one new one going to do? So it's like taking the stuff that you have and, and like just being thankful for the shit that you have is like a really freeing, um, you know, tool. Um, but yeah. Um, my question for you is, you know, obviously I don't know if you've done a podcast before. Um, but you know, one of my, my favorite questions to ask people is what's a piece of advice that someone gave you in your life or a piece of advice that you can give to someone who's hearing you talk for the first time, uh, that, you know, you think could be super informative and or helpful to someone hearing you. Hmm. I'm an idiot, so I don't have good advice. Um, <laughs> that it gave you somebody else's advice. <laughs> I'd say, um, you know, I, it's like dumb, but find, try to find what you love. And like, you know, if you just try new things until you find that thing that you're super passionate about, or don't be afraid to try new things until you find that thing that you're absolutely in love with and like drown yourself in it for sure. Um, 
and just lose yourself in it, whatever it's art or sports or whatever you, whatever gets you going, whatever gets you out of bed, man, just try to find a way to make that your every day. And if you can make a living at that, then you'll never work. I have such a dumb quote or thing that people say, but you really never will work a day in your life. You'll be excited to go to work. And if you're doing what you love for a living, man, you're winning. Um, yeah, I agree with that. You know, it's important to, I guess, more life advice too. would be like, it's important to balance that with, you know, your other thing that helps you get away from that. For me, it's like fishing, you know, mm-hmm. um, but be whatever for whoever, you know, it's another thing I love to do that like music. I totally forget about the, the world and I just get lost in it and um, I nerd out over it, you know? So I think that's really important too. is try to find the balance between your work life and also your personal life and those relationships as well. I think that's very, very key. Um, when it comes to your career, um, from my experience, I'd say don't, don't look for this necessarily. Don't like shortcut this, but I've found that taking sometimes the path of least resistance sometimes is a good way to just keep moving forward. Um, and what I, and I guess diving deeper into that is cut the shit, cut the fat out that's holding you back and double down on what's working for you. Mm-hmm. And that comes to like relationships or your workflow or what you're working on, your art, you know, if you wrote a song that sounds like Justin Bieber and it worked out really well for you, maybe try to keep doing that or I don't know, um, whatever you wrote or just like something that like just double down on what's working. And if, if something's taking away your time and it's a negative in your life, like it's like a, it's, it's, it's a waste of your fucking time, then, then don't fucking do it and stop doing it right now because it's going to waste your time for a long, long time. You know, whether it's like an, an app on your phone or whatever it is, that's not really, you're not seeing return on it. I, I'd say that's a huge one for me is just double down on what's working and cut the fat and always continue to check in on yourself. Kind of like you did with me, like, what are your goals? You know what? That makes me start evaluating everything. Like what am I doing today? That's going to try to progress me and put me in a better position tomorrow to succeed. And, you know, so I try, I'd say that, you know, well, I, yeah, I don't know, Stephen, for a uh, self-professed idiot, that was some pretty sound advice. <laughs> I mean, that's the one thing I've learned in music that works for me. Not that it's saying it's going to work for everybody, but um, that's just, yeah, double down on what's working, trim the fat, always, and also check in on yourself, like you checked on me. Always, it's, it's really good to write things down and get your weekly goals, your monthly goals, yearly, and five years to ten years where you want to be and start putting that plan in in a place and start taking action to get, you know, get after it. Um, Oh man. So career wise, that's what I'd say, you know, just do what you're passionate about, man. And like, if you don't love it, start something new, try something, switch it up. I like that. I think that's important. Yeah. I mean, I'm, but again, I'm an idiot. I don't know. I'm (laughs) going to disagree. I'm going to disagree, man. I think that was some pretty solid uh, sound advice. Um, for the last little segment we got here, I'm going to hit you with like a little rapid fire. One of the questions is like a bit loaded. Um, so you don't have to dive into a diatribe of, of what your thought process is, but just kind of hit or miss and, and, and kind of tell me what you're thinking on, on some of these subjects. What's your favorite book? Um, I would say, you know, it sounds lame, but probably the the Bible. It's not um, lame. Nothing lame about yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I wish I had, like, a more profound, like, you know. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I mean, it's pretty fucking prolific to me. Um, 
and uh yeah it's something that like you know i'll never fully understand religion um i don't think anybody really can really yeah true that but, what's uh um, yeah. what what's your favorite movie um i have a few favorites and i'll tell you why are we talking like new or old doesn't matter give me your top three all right so uh old classic um heavyweights which is a disney oh, movie fuck yeah yeah, you, you don't need to describe that to anybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like nobody knows about it, oh. and uh, it's a cult, you know. But, yeah, it's the like Perkins one of the, method. Hell yeah, dude! Don't put Twinkies on your pizza. Um, <laughs> what did you learn? <laughs> Twinkies on your pizza. Um, yeah, I mean, I love that movie um, because I was uh, a super fat kid when I was growing up, and uh, basically, you know, went to camps all summer and. Um, so that's like my, my old movie, you know, my, for like classic movies, the Goonies is up there. I played baseball for a long time as a kid. That was my dream before the dream of music. Um, do you know, I was like two weeks old, you know, two weeks ago, I learned that Benny the Jet Rodriguez is also Luis Mendoza in fucking the Mighty Ducks. And I know you liked that tweet, but it blew my fucking mind. I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah. It's like it's pretty crazy to see how like all those Disney and like such like Nickelodeon stars were in all those movies for us growing up. I, I mean, know. like Goldberg and everybody was just like in all those fucking movies, man. I know, cautionary um, tale and Goldberg for sure. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. So those are those are some of my like my cult classic oldies that I love that are like um, man, like I love the Goonies too, man. So good. Um, but yeah, Heavyweights is probably my all time favorite Disney movie for sure. Which is funny that it's a Disney movie because that would never fly today in the PC culture. <laughs> never, dude. Like, uh, but Ben Stiller, fucking hilarious, bro. Like, I mean, that's it's for sure in my top ten. I own it on uh, DVD and Apple Movies or Apple TV, yeah. whatever it is. I watch it. I would say at least two to two to four times a year. It's it, you, if you got an hour and a half and you want to laugh your ass off and just remember being a kid, that movie ticks all those boxes for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if I was going to give anybody any actual good advice, go on Disney Plus before it gets taken down, because I'm sure at some point it will, um, and watch Heavyweights, because it's fucking awesome. Um, but for new movies, um, there's uh, a couple directors I fucking love. Um, Nocturnal Animals, I think Tom Ford directed that, uh, which is on Netflix right now, and I can't recommend that movie enough. Um it's absolutely amazing. Uh, I love it. And Tom Ford's the man. Obviously, he's a fashion designer, huge mm-hmm. in fashion. Um, but that movie uh, really influenced me a lot when it comes to art and um, my writing and everything. It helped me get through a lot. So Nocturnal Animals, I mean, I love – what else is another one that I saw recently? I mean, anything that um, Nicholas Winding Refn does, too. So, like, the Neon Demon, Drive, I think he did. Um, Drive was great. Yeah, like I love, yeah, I love his stuff too. And what's the, I think it was called the Neon Demon. I think it's the one with the models. I mean, I haven't watched it in a little bit, but um, I want to Google it. One second, let me just make sure I have this right. I want to get this right because oh my god, that movie is off the chain. I actually haven't but, seen it, uh, but I, I did put Nocturnal Animals. I just jotted it down after you said it. Um, yeah, I forget. So Tom Ford was he, he either wrote or produced something else uh, that I saw recently, and I can't quite remember it um but i'll link it in the show notes after i can go through my play history and uh and remember yeah i know he did one other film too before the um nocturnal animals that it got great reviews as well and i haven't seen it yet um 
I think it was about like a fashion designer or some sort of designer. I could be totally wrong, so don't quote me on that. But yeah, the Neon Demon is off the chain. For like the cinematography, the lighting, and like everything, the way they shot it, I think Refn is the fucking man. Um, but those are like some of my latest influences. And I guess, oh, actually, before I forget it too, um, one I recently saw for the first time, and I'm kind of ashamed because it's an older movie. Um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, oh my God. That so movie good. Me up. Like, I was like, holy shit, when I saw that, the score in that movie. Um, I'm a, I also score films, so I'm a huge, like, fan of scoring and stuff. Um, so I love, um, God, John Williams, who's done everything with the soundtrack to your childhood. And, uh, also, what's his effing name? I can't think of it right now. I'm drawing a blank. Um, he's like the guy who did Pirates of the Caribbean and, He's done like Hans every- Zimmer. Yeah, Hans Zimmer. Okay, yeah, and like the score, like time from um, Inception. Oh my god! Oh, wow, like, yeah, that that's one of my core. favorite movies too. Inception's yeah. great, so good. Yeah. Like uh, I, and like guilty pleasure is rom coms. So oh, yeah. it's like obviously, any- <laughs> yeah, like um, I give you a list of about fifty rom coms to watch because I've seen them all and I've seen them all fifty times and. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you a list. They're they're all good. About time, begin again, uh, friends with benefits, no strings attached. I mean, you name it, I've seen it, and uh, I could I could I should do an entire podcast episode ranking rom coms because I've seen pretty much every movie. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I'm a huge fucking like fan of rom coms. Guilty pleasure for sure, but I'm not so guilty because I just fucking love them. Yeah. Um, it's no, no reason <laughs> to be. It's not guilty. It's great. I'd say like uh. I guess favorite rom-com off the top of your head. What's yours? You had to pick one. I think about time. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. It's with the guy. Uh, he's in the new Star Wars movie. He plays like the General Huxley. Um, okay. Yeah. He's in it and Rachel McAdams. And the premise of the movie is that his father, Bill Nigley, um, is about- teaching him that men in his family have the ability to time travel but only through their own lives so it's a really cool informed movie about you know what would you do with that power what moments in your life would you go back to and change or try to change or what would be the wreckage of you going back and doing something that changes something that transpired and you couple all that all up with this like really cool romantic love story with Rachel McAdams and I don't know it's just kind of like the the perfect uh Perfect rom-com. I think Richard Lewis did it, or Richard something. He's done, like, I think he did, um, uh, what's that Christmas movie rom-com that I'm drawing a blank with? But to me, you're perfect. Love Actually. Yeah, he did Love Actually. He's, like, written a million rom-coms, and, like, he's a genius. And I just think it's his, it's, I think it was his last movie he ever wrote, and I think it's his best. And, uh, it's just a, it's a cool movie. I, I like the concept of, like, how you, you know, the end of the movie, he's basically like, I don't even do it anymore. I don't even travel in time anymore. I live each day like I was came back to live this day all over. And it's just like a really positive uh, kind of mental thought on like how you should should kind of live your life. Yeah, for sure. Check, um, it, check Richard, it out for sure. Yeah, I just I just Googled it. So I, I tabbed it. Richard Curtis. Richard Curtis. Yeah, that's it. About time. Yeah. When you said Christmas, I thought you were thinking of that one with Ryan Reynolds and um, Amy Smart. I'm trying to think of that one that I love too. And like, who's all on that one? Oh my God. It's so funny. Oh, dude. oh, 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 um, uh, just, just friends. friends. Yeah. Just yeah. friends. Dude, so funny. He's uh, hilarious. 
Yeah, whoever the girl is from, like, Scary Movie, that's in it. Um, I can't think of her name. She's fucking, oh, my God, hilarious. Yeah, she used movie. to be married to uh, Chris Pratt. What the hell's her name? Um, don't. I'm going to lose it. Whatever. I don't care. Um, we know what we're talking about, but yeah. she's fucking. She's, she's so funny. I'll find you. Yeah, she's, like, fucking, like, screaming. Oh, my God. Everything. Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris. Yep. Yeah, okay. she's fucking hilarious in that movie dude. Yeah, um, super funny and another movie kind of in the same vein as about time it's not like so much a rom-com but ben stiller uh you know just to tie in uh the heavyweights not uh ben stiller wrote directed and produced uh the secret life of walter mitty i don't know if you ever saw it um i believe it's actually a remake but you know updated for you know a modern flair and it's just such a good story it's visually stunning like uh, just like the cinematography is beautiful and it's it's just a really nice friendly reminder that like you don't have to live your life in like a coma in like a uh, you know malaise just kind of walking around not really like seeing the subtle beauty around you every day and i watch that movie all the time it's a really good reminder i just wrote that down and like, I think one of the reasons why I like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind too, is because of that same concept. It's like, you know, if you could go back and delete it, would you? And then it's like, no, yeah, you know, I want to keep it like all these memories, these relationships, good or bad. Um, I think it's kind of builds who you are and, um, it, yeah, it shapes who you are and teaches you a lot in those relationships, you know, and, it's yeah i fucking love that movie the shots everything from that but it's kind of like it sounds like a similar concept but i wrote these both down so I'll definitely check them out good watch them i'll be uh texting you next week for a report card uh you need like a two to three paragraph on each movie summary of what you thought <laughs> all right i've been um, in like 10 years but i'll try <laughs> sweet um dude steven it was awesome catching up with you man um i like to wrap up every single one of my episodes with a recommendation from the people that i'm speaking with uh it could be a book movie podcast tv show a uh, restaurant that you travel to whatever just uh something that you want to recommend everyone to go out there and try or consume right. and what do you got for me um before we end i want to talk to you about one last thing too but my recommendations i'll go in um are we talking Milwaukee restaurants here or uh, could be anything? anything in the world? Literally. All right. Well, if you happen to find yourself in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I'd say go to odd duck, which is my favorite restaurant here. Um, just small plates. It's really good. I'm a big sucker for tapas. I guess they call it. Oh, yeah. Um, so I love that shit. Um, but yeah, movies, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, nocturnal animals, heavyweights for sure. But uh, Nocturnal Animals, I'd say, is, like, really underrated, and I fucking, I love the story, and I love the ending. It's just, it's really dope. You said um, it's on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's, like, it just happens to be on Netflix right now, so I I could not recommend that. Like, like I absolutely love that movie. Um, I, I think I'm going to watch it after we uh, hop off the line. Right on. I got yeah, nothing else to do tonight. <laughs> Nice, um, I was going to yeah. say, my, uh, my recommendation is going to be a show I just started binging. Uh, it's called Wall Street, W-A-H-L Street. It's like Mark Wahlberg's new, you know, I don't know, reality show or whatever you want to call it. It's on HBO Max. And wow, I mean, I, I know this guy had a ton of money. Just, you know, you make $20 million a picture or whatever. But his level of uh, drive and the amount of businesses that he's involved in and the amount of things that he's done. And he's, you know, gone way beyond being an actor. He's an entrepreneur and has 
just incredible. And getting this kind of behind the veil look at his life is, uh, it's pretty cool. I, you know, I'm three episodes or so in and, uh, you know, I don't know how many are up and or how many I can see, but I'm going to keep watching. I think, I think it's pretty good. I think everyone should take a, take a look at that. It's, it's, it's nice. It's nice to see someone who's so reached the pinnacle of his profession and he's not stopping. Now he's doing 10 other things in 10 different other sectors. And I think that's, that's super inspiring. Yeah, man. I mean, he's for sure goals, you know, guys like that. Um, it's a cool, david goggins quote or like something i learned from just watching him just being be uncommon amongst uncommon people or like uncommon men and like it was pretty crazy you know like basically he was talking about seals like maybe seal stuff and just all those crazy dudes who do that crazy shit and like put their bodies through hell or whatever it it is mentally and it's yeah man that's uh my like bu- Wahlberg, for sure, man. Yeah, he's crazy. My, my buddy Rick uh, recommended me uh, Goggins' book when he was on on the pod. I bought it. I've got it sitting in front of me. I haven't picked it up yet. I've got. I'm stupidly reading like this terrible 700 page biography um, on uh, Cornelius Vanderbilt. I thought it was going to be super interesting, and it is. But it is 700 pages, so it's it's taking a little longer than I thought to get through. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, if you're looking for inspiration, I'd say, you know, Goggins is, he's a, yeah, it's an acquired taste. He's kind of like, he's, he's dope, man. He gets me pumped up. I mean, Cam Haynes too. Another guy who's pretty wild for me that like gets me going like a ultra marathon runner, bow hunter. Um, I mean, but yeah, those like guys like Mark Wahlberg, man, they're, you know, again, they're uncommon amongst uncommon men. Like to have that drive at that level of success is something I want. And hope, hopefully I can emulate that, you know, and once I get to that point in my life, whatever my successes and stuff are, man, I just really hope that I can be as influential and as strong of a dude as they are. You know, it just, they're wild. But um, I like that. I, j- I jotted that down. Be uncommon amongst uncommon men. That's uh that's something to aspire to. I like that. Yeah, man, it's just like, you know, Goggins is crazy. It just like those guys who just ran an ultra marathon and it's like, all right, let's go do like a thousand fucking pull-ups right now. Like just fucking <laughs> no stop, dude. Like that guy's a fucking savage. Um, like he's a beast, bro. Like yeah. an animal. Like I, yeah, I want to try to like harness my version of that, you know, whatever it is in my life and stuff like that. But man, like their drive is just crazy. I feel like I have a lot of drive, so it's good. But yeah, just trying to optimize that, you know, mm-hmm. again, like I said, the fat in my life, whether it's bad habits or good habits, just try to optimize that shit. But what are other recommendations? I guess if you're in LA, hmm, sugarfish, that shit's good, Ooh, man. Yeah, I've been there. Yep. And I don't like sushi and it's a huge music <laughs> staple. I know. Like, and I'm always like fucking sushi dude everybody wants to get sushi i'm like fuck but then i had sugar fish for the first time and that shit was off the chain and my favorite bar in the entire world uh davy wayne's that's uh in hollywood and oh my god that's my favorite fucking bar in the fucking planet can't say i can't say i've been uh this was the first year in like i don't know 10 plus years that i haven't made it out to la you know pandemic and when yeah. I was when I was doing my road trip, it was literally on fire. So it's like yeah. everything was conspiring to get me not to go there this year. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'll definitely check that out the uh, the next time I shoot out that way. Um, you were saying before I let you go, you wanted to uh, touch on something else. What what was that? Yeah, um, 
yeah, don't forget, Good Times at Davy Wayne's. It's literally called Good Times at Davy Wayne's. You, it's like, it's, you can't have a bad time there. It's fucking off the chain. Um, <laughs> nice. But uh, I was going to say, how do like, how do we meet? And I feel like I reached out to you because you wrote an article. Oh, yeah. Like, had a, like and that's like, you said some really prolific shit. And I was like, holy shit, like six years ago or something like that. It's like wild to think about. But what was that? What was that article? And could you like relink it to me? I know that they, I feel like it's about relationships. Yeah, I wrote... Um it's funny because I did an episode on the podcast where like I reread the article. It was why chivalry is dead from a man's perspective. And, uh, at the time it was the greatest thing since Shakespeare. (laughs) (laughs) And that's being me being facetious as fuck, obviously, but I recently read it back and uh, man, I was fucking really stroking my own ego in that article. And I think like the premise of what I was trying to say versus like how I really articulated it is why I had like, let's say every five comments I got were super positive and then I got another like two that were like dude you're such a douchebag um but yeah it was why chivalry was dead from a man's perspective it was cool like I got to do some really cool shit with it you know I was interviewed by uh Cosmopolitan um did some Huffington Post live things and like I did a bunch of cool shit with it and uh, I met some cool people with it uh you being one of them uh and and actually uh, one of my previous podcast guests uh Freya she's an Irish writer in New York you know we've known each other you know uh, tangibly through the internet for 6 or 7 years we just met a couple weeks ago we recorded an episode on the podcast and now you and I think you know for as much shit as I give social media it also brings us these really awesome relationships and brings people in your life that like you know you live in milwaukee i live in new jersey otherwise we never would have encountered one another and now you know we're we're buddies and so it was uh it was a cool thing for like five minutes uh like i don't really necessarily think you need to read it again (laughs) i'll link it to you if you want um but yeah that's uh that's how we became friends it's pretty funny yep yep yeah man i'm super thankful for that and like i remember reading it at the time and just been like wow um that's so cool, man. Uh, that yeah, God bless it. You know, I guess that's the the that's the light is like uh, at the end of the tunnel. It's like okay, well, this fucking crazy shit. All this shit's happening around in social media, TikTok, blah blah. Uh, even back in the day, and now there's still like great things that can happen if you go into it. You know, like I'm so happy I saw that article, and I think I hit you up on Twitter, and I was like, this mm-hmm. is dope. Yeah. It, I yeah. mean, dude, it's cool. Like that, that's like the, 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 there are positive things that come out of this stuff. It's not like all inherently negative. And I know we all saw the social dilemma talking about how, you know, Facebook is eventually going to kill the world and everything. And like, there's a lot to unpack there. And like, it's obviously very, it is detrimental to our time and our mental health. It's like very, very easy to see that but at the end of the day like there are these successes and like these cool things that come about it like friendships and you know like you know there are instances when the internet does like some nice cool fun shit and those are the times where i'm a big fan and also like monday bachelorette or bachelor twitter is like the fucking best thing on the planet (laughs) yeah for sure i was actually on um there's a dude from wisconsin who is uh his name is nick vile he has a podcast called the vile files oh yeah He's had me on a couple of times because I've had, you know, relationship question advice, blah, blah, blah. I think the guy's from Wisconsin, too, Nick is. Um, but, oh, nice. yeah, man, it's cool that the internet can die. I had no idea, too. I found him on a Packers podcast, and I was like, okay, this guy's pretty cool. Um, but it's wild that the internet can bring us all together, you know, and um, through, like, Twitter and whatever. Just, you know, you putting your art out to the world in your words, you know, that connected with me and resonated with me. And, um, yeah, it's just wild that, you know, we're able to connect now. All because of yeah, just social media and 
you know, putting your shit out there and, you know, just your thoughts. Not that it's shit. It's not shit. It um, is. <laughs> it is. When you reread it, you'll be like, oh, grandiose motherfucker. Quit fucking. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Like, I think you know, some of the songs I wrote back in the day, and I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Like, yeah. I mean, like, listen, I think like with anything in life, like there are some things that I've written that I'm super proud of. And I'm sure there's some songs that you written that are like incredible. And then like, there's other things that I've written where I'm like super embarrassed that I click publish. And you know, that also informs like the cancel culture that we deal with now. Like we're not allowed to grow as people anymore. We're, we're, we're living in this time and age where if you said or did something 10 years ago, that is no longer, you know, allowed or, you know, it's now frowned upon or it's something that's negative all of a sudden you are no longer to be a growing individual you're canceled you're over it you're done and those are the types of examples when i talk about like the detriment of the internet it's like what where did we get to the point where every single person is now unfallible and they make no mistakes but like we have to be this ultimate best version of ourselves, and that's these are the instances where I look at social media and think of it's like a really, really terrible thing. But at the end of the day, sometimes really amazing things come out of it, like you and I's friendship and other people that I've met along the way. And you got to take the good with the bad. And I think that's pretty much 99% of life. You know, some days you're going to get dumped on. Some days the sun's going to be shining and everything's going to be coming up roses. And it's just a matter of waking up, doing the work and, and keeping on, keeping on. Yeah, man. I mean, I pray that we as uh, just people in our generation, especially um, we're kind of able to overcome that, that, that group that like that, like, you know, that cancel culture and just more like correction culture and be like, Hey, you know, we all fuck up, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's important that we do fuck up so that, you know, not all the time, but you know, that we can correct it and we can grow from our fuck ups. Like nobody's perfect. You know, I've said things on the internet that, Oh my God, you know, like (laughs) I wish I wouldn't have a decade ago. And, it's not who I am now. It's not, you know, I was an idiot then. Also times were different. And so was culture. And I don't think it's really fair to cancel anybody. You know, I feel like I, I couldn't imagine living in a place or like a world where I couldn't be forgiven for the things that I've done, you know, or like things that I've said at times when I didn't mean them or I grew up and realized that I was wrong, you know, and if people can do that, you know, and forgive each other and grow together, man, it's, it's going to be what saves us for sure. But couldn't couldn't possibly agree with you anymore. Uh, I think if there's one thing that I've got a genuine hope for out of what I'm doing with this podcast, or you know, through my writing or through my photography, it's that like it's never too late to change. You can be a photographer, you could be a musician, you could be a podcast host, you can be a writer, you could be whatever you want to be. And just because you are not doing it now doesn't mean you can't do it tomorrow. Take a chance, take a risk, be a bit new and improved and better version of yourself, and it's never too late to grow. Yeah, man, I agree. That's also encouraging for me to hear after being, you know, really deep in what I do for a long time. Yeah, I, I think a lot, you know, not to keep this going, but I think a lot about it. I'm like, you really think you can climb this mountain again? Like, you think you can do it again? You think you can achieve the same success, if not wildly more than you had in the past? Like, you really think you can do it? And I'm like, yeah, because there's people out there setting an example for me, you know, who've done it before and who've turned their lives around or picked themselves up out of the ashes and, you know, mm-hmm. just fucking built it up again. I, th- so. I think what's important is like framing what success looks like in your own mind and being able to like 
grab those, you know, victories in what you are, you know, considering them as victories, right? So it's like, you know, we talked about you winning an awards or, or like getting a platinum album and like all those things are all great, well and good. But to me, you said something which is like far more impactful and more important is like, wow, like, you know, someone might reach out to me and say, wow, like this song, like saved my life. Like this song changed the way I feel about someone or something. And like, it's cool to be like the most successful person or the most successful version or the most successful in your field. But like, it's a small percentage of people, right? Like at the end of the day, we're not all going to be Justin Bieber and or, or Joe Rogan or, you know, fucking any famous photographer. But like, if you're getting just tangible, like life happiness out of the things that you spend your time doing, just keep doing it. Make something that you are proud of. Set yourself goals that like are achievable for whatever you think you need and not what someone else tells you you need to have. Yep. I mean, I, I totally agree. And like, you know, just have realistic goals and I mean, shoot for the stars for sure. Uh, like don't sell yourself short, but yeah. you know, yes, like for advice and like, I guess I'd give this the, the, the best advice I could give like 28, 20, almost 29 year old Steve to early 20s, Steve that I've gotten better at in my late twenties. And I guess I'd give this advice to anybody who's just, just starting in music or even as tenured, um, you know, I'd say, really appreciate the things in the moment and try to take in those experiences and really appreciate those moments, whether it's a show for 10 people and they're singing your song or one person or like a thousand or 10,000. I mean, or it's some kid reaching out to you on the internet, you know, and saying that, Hey, your song is really great. Or like they they leave you a good, you know, just those, those brief moments where you feel like, you're doing what you're here to do and like you, you have that those chills in your spine man just take it that in and try to soak in as much of you possible like all of it as you know try to like you you'll never be able to bottle it just appreciate it when it's there because it's not gonna you know it, it those those moments they come and go just appreciate them when you're when you're in that flow state when you're you know creating or whatever you're doing that you get those those, those good feelings man and you, you feel like what you're doing and what your purpose is I, I i i wish i could go back into my early 20s and really soak in more of some of those experiences and i lived them and i still and they're some of my fondest memories for sure but i've gotten a lot better at it in my later 20s when they've been fewer and further between and that's a good thing i guess because i appreciate them even more now and i really take it in but yeah, just appreciate the moment, man. Like when you're when you're when you're happy and you feel you feel those chills in your spine and yeah, just just love it. I I, I couldn't possibly agree with you more. You know, like I, I I'm not sure if I said it today, but I've definitely said it before. It's like I wish in my younger days when I was doing something cool, like, you know, being interviewed by Cosmopolitan or like Huffington Post or whatever the cool shit was that I was doing that, like, I took that extra split second to like take a mental snapshot to just think like, wow, this is so fucking cool. I'm getting to do X, Y, Z. I'm with my friends. I'm with my family. And like, you know, it's like the, you know, the old man full of the regret line from Inception. It's like at the end of the day, you're going to be laying in your bed on your deathbed and hopefully surrounded by friends or family or loved ones or whatever. And you don't want to have regrets. You want to look back and think like, wow, I really did do, you know, I made a good run of it. Like I, I lived each day, like I, it was on purpose. And, and ultimately, you know, when my time came, I went out, you know, with, with a smile. And I think that's like all we really could ask for. There's, there's so much, you know, 
you know, tangibly uh, surrounding like a, a, a life that's fulfilled and it's easy for it to be dollars in the bank and, or, you know, followers on uh, a social media app. And at the end of the day, that, that shit is not coming with you. Yeah, man. Like money, when it, as long as you have enough, just be thankful and, you know, just take care of us, you know, take care of yourself and the people that you can and, Yeah, man. I mean, at the end of the day, what I'll say is, is that everything in life happens for a reason. And in the moment, it's really, really hard for you to see what that reason is. But at the end of the day, and I say that way too many times, but the truth is that it happens for a reason. And if you're able to grasp that mentally and like cognitively hold on to the fact that like whatever shit you're going through or whatever happiness you have is meant to be and there's like just some reason for you to be in that position then i think life can be a lot easier for a lot of people that's just it's just what i think but my man it was uh an absolute pleasure doing this podcast with you today i mean you know being that this is a a six-year friendship and we're just now quote-unquote air quote meeting via zoom or google hangouts or whatever on uh i think that's pretty cool um i've had an an absolute awesome time talking to you for this last hour and a half and uh we're definitely gonna have to hop on a future episode and uh and do this again oh hell yeah man i'm uh i'll always be around and i'll I'm trying to make my way to New York this year, so if I'm there, obviously we're going to hang out and fuck yeah. go up and some shit, Jersey and stuff like that. It's been a long time since I've been out that way, so I'm excited for sure. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's pretty crazy that we got to talk, you know, I guess E face-to-face after all these <laughs> years, and it's, it's wild that, you know, your article, I guess, you know, I can say that too, is like sometimes you write something and it's a song that, you know, you did and you're embarrassed of it now, or, you know, your, your piece or whatever you put out into the world like six years ago, but it's like that, the you know, we're connected because of that one thing. And it, you know, it's, it's, it's wild. And I'm just appreciative of it. And it's cool. And thank you for having me on too, man. It's, it's cool to hear a little bit of your story too. I mean, I have a lot of, a million more questions, but we'll get into it when we hang out. Yeah, IRL for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going to link your Twitter, your Instagram, and, and whatever websites and stuff you have in the show notes below. Steven, man, this was such an awesome conversation. Uh, super glad to have you on and uh, look forward to doing it again, buddy. Yeah, bro. Talk soon.